0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the sobriety diaries. I'm your host, Nate Kelly, a recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink, a recovery mentor and podcast producer. I am so grateful to be bringing you these powerful stories of recovery told by you, those who live them. Please share this podcast with anyone who may need it today. And with that, let's open the diary on episode 96 of the sobriety diaries welcome back to the sobriety diaries my friends i am here with a new friend of mine bridget Holm. bridget happy friday it's so good to see you my friend how are you
1: cheers, cheers. Fantastic. now that we're sharing the space together
0: that's right <laughs> Virtual, in-person, I'll take any time I can get with you. You've been very helpful to me thus far in our relationship, which we'll get into here uh, in a bit. But you you have this sort of sense about you or this aura about you that I think is is very positive, which I think is beneficial in both recovery and entrepreneurship and life in general. I'm curious whether that was the case in addiction versus recovery, yeah. <laughs> but I want to start with kind of a backstory and and tell us perhaps how you realized that you needed to seek a path to recovery. In uh, a bit about what it was like before, uh, kind of the the beautiful life that you're living today.
1: Right. There's always what happened, what it's like, and what it's like now, and, yeah. and what. Like now is drastically different than what it was like, which you know, I started drinking when I was 13. Mm. Uh, and I remember um seeing everybody else grow up and feel comfortable in their own skin, and I just wasn't getting it. However, I was a great actress, I was actually oh. voted most likely to be famous and most talented in high school. <laughs> uh so but on the inside, as you know, it's like, man, we can act the part, but it's like why can't I be the part? Mm. Why can't this be me? Why can't I feel like it's me? And so, you know, started, I had the quad polar life. It wasn't bipolar. I was definitely a quad polar life.
0: <laughs> that bi, that's just two? I mean, come
1: on. I know, right? we overachievers and everything. <laughs> um, like all or nothing, right? Go for yeah. y'all. And so I, but I always did have a love for ministry um, for helping other people figure themselves out in their lives. I was that friend of a friend, as early as middle school, actually, who, who, you know, I would get a call and say, Hey, someone told me to call you. So-and-so told me to call you. I'm going through some stuff. And I said, what's your problem? Like, I want to know, I want to help. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I always had that inclination. However, I needed relief because you can only help people so long until, you know, that, Overwhelm takes over. And so I had the partying friends who I would just go out and hey, let's go out. Where's the party tonight? And so I got sober at 20. And so I had to learn how to network really well. Wow. Served me later on, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) So networking is the positive way of saying it. But I just, I just had different lives. You know, I didn't even swear. My first sponsor told me, Bridget, you only swear in certain groups of people. Like you don't, and you've got to start swearing everywhere. I'm like, oh, I can't say that, you know, but that's, yeah. how, that's how it was. I wasn't myself. I, I couldn't put myself together, so to speak. And that's when they talk about the disease. It's a mental illness. And I like to call it Peter Pan syndrome because I just couldn't grow up and everyone else was growing up around me and I could see that. And it it was, it was sad. It was really, really miserable. So drinking gave me that relief. Um, so what happened next was I got into a relationship, <laughs> hashtag, yay, codependency. <laughs> right. God, God On sometimes... to the
0: next addiction or add to the addictions, right?
1: Yeah. And, but God sometimes uses defects. And so he used that defect to get me into recovery. My mom actually gave uh, my boyfriend his first big book. Mm. And I started going to meetings to um, support him in his journey. But here's what happened next. He was getting happy. He was working the steps. He was getting this serenity and sanity. And I'm like, oh God, he's going to leave me. He doesn't need me anymore. And so I'm like, well, dang it. I'm going to, I'm going to work the steps and I'm going to get a sponsor and I'm going to win at this game because, (laughs) you know, I just have to, I have to do this. I have to, I have to feel confident and we have to keep my relationship together. So that's really how it started out.
0: So you mentioned your mom is, is addiction a family? Uh, I mean, I know it's a family disease in, in one aspect, but, uh, do you have a history in your family?
1: My mom was in AA for a long time. I think she has 45 years right now. Wow. So I, I always thought and call me simple-minded, but I always thought like, if you have an alcohol problem, you just go to AA, there is no other option. Like you have a problem, you go to AA. End of story. There's nothing else. There's no nothing else in between. If you want a full life, you just go into recovery. And I'm grateful for that, you know, that probably blind faith, if you will, um, because that was literally, I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is what I do. Uh, and so I didn't, I'm grateful that I had enough mental clarity through that relationship, that romantic relationship to stick around, to hear how happy you people were in yeah. the rooms. And, and I'm like, why are they so freaking happy?
0: <laughs> what
1: do they have? It can't I be real. Yeah, it can't be. I'm going to stick around to see if it's going to, you know, be fake at some point, but it wasn't. And when I asked a woman to sponsor me, she was the most intimidating woman in the room. And I said, you promise me the thinking will stop if I commit to working with you. I just need the insanity in my head because I was sober and dry for six months at that time. And so I just said, promise me that and I will do anything you say. And she said, within the first three steps. And so I'm like, okay. Now I've yeah. got to make plans for my 21st birthday party uh, <laughs> <as well. laughs> that's coming up <laughs>
0: my sponsor was very adamant about not rushing through the steps because we were very thorough but one after the next and not having any idle time in between was your experience similar or I guess what was the timeline sort of like for you
1: Oh, my sponsor. So I wanted to rush the steps. I wanted to get this done. And she's like, what are you in a hurry to do? Go out and drink? Yeah. (laughs) So for me, she would, well, I was still going to powder puff football games. I was a sophomore in college. So everyone around me was drinking and it was normal. And so she's like, she was such a smart woman. She was delaying (laughs) that for me. And so it took me two years to get through my first 12 steps. Um, And we would sit together at this Place called the Magic Wand, um, Diner every Thursday morning for two hours, rain, snow, sunshine, whatever it was, and but I and, and it was just such a gift that she dedicated that sacrifice to sharing the steps with me. I, I'm eternally grateful. I can't even say and a good enough good things about Kathy.
0: That is such a unique experience. I mean, people that get sober at such a young age fascinate me, but. I think in recovery, community is such a large piece of it. But to be in college and be surrounded with your peers that are completely 180, focused probably on the party scene, did it make it that much more difficult for you?
1: No, because I became the AA evangelist. Okay, okay. You know yeah. about me. I'm like, everyone should experience this. It's so yeah. good. Like, I'm feeling good in my own skin. Uh, and so I'm like, why are you people drinking?
0: I mean, the benefits, you, know, you can't I, deny them, right?
1: Yeah, I just kept, so I actually went the opposite direction, which, you know, God has blessed me to be a pretty independent thinker and always feel this, um, this almost like this compulsion to lead, to lead people to more and better. And that's honestly, that's always been a part of my character. I just couldn't do it alone. The disease was too strong for me. You know, I really needed God to do for me what I could not do for myself, and lure me into recovery (laughs) through my second addiction. People, right?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) um, Yeah, I was just so grateful. I had to. I didn't, and I did hear that quiet voice of God say to me, "You know, I can't use you for my purposes with you like this, with you drinking." Hmm. And um, and it was like a very distinctive voice um, in my heart that I heard that, and I was like, "All right, confirmed." Keep moving forward.
0: You said so many things that I that I relate to, but one specifically was I felt like an actor on a stage. I was putting on a character, I was putting on a mask and you know, behind closed doors it was such a different thing. How soon into recovery, you know, that weight kind of gets lifted off. Was it kind of an immediate thing for you? Or, of course, there's sort of character building things that happen uh, along the way. But did you feel that immediate relief?
1: I felt relief when my first sponsor said, Yes, Bridget, you will start to experience relief. Mm. Um, I was like, All right, I'm just going to go on trust here. Yeah. Uh, because I couldn't differentiate the true from the false anyway at that point in time, right? Life so was so like a- true snowball effect where I'm like, I don't know what, I I just, I can't, I don't know what I'm lying. I don't know what I'm telling the truth. People are telling me I'm drinking and then I'm like, I don't remember drinking. And so it was such a, it was such a mess in my head space that I was just desperate to get clarity. I was desperate. And I also, God gave me the de- gift of desperation to know that if I started drinking and buying my own alcohol at 21, I was never going to get sober. And I wanted life. I still had enough within me in my disease to know that I wanted a full life and I was not going to get it. I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to have children. I wasn't going to do the amazing things that I wanted to do to travel. And so God gave me that. I'm not, it was not my own thinking. It was God giving me that, that realization that like, if you, you're off to the races,
0: woman. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I'm like, I don't want that. Don't want that.
0: I can confirm that's exactly what happens, or did to me at least. And I would imagine, uh, you know, mine is not a unique story in that. But, you know, once that restriction of finding someone to buy booze for you is lifted, huh? Yes, off to the races it was.
1: I couldn't imagine. I, I was just so grateful that my window of opportunity came. At that point in time, because then I went on to have three boys, three savages, you know, and uh-huh. get for a time had got a Zoom divorced and uh, <laughs> I just got oh, the story.
0: <laughs> How soon until you started sponsoring women, or did you?
1: Oh, yeah, I learned so much. Um, after the two years, I was graduating college, um, I had a job lined up. Um, I was working on my master's in Catholic theology at Notre Dame and I was working in ministry and I was starting to sponsor women and it was, it was just a part of my life. You know, um, I built everything on those eight hours of recovery a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I was trained and I say this because I was trained that my first thought, you know, I'm never, I'm going to share this revelation too. my, um, I'm never responsible for my first thought. I'm only responsible for my second thought and my first action. And so when I'm feeling anxious or troubled or doubtful or anything, um, it was always pertaining to my recovery first. It wasn't pertaining to life, to work, to other relationships. It was always a problem with my recovery first. And so I always checked myself. Um, I never felt higher guilt or shame on my mental team. When I had a first thought, I was just always like, Mm. okay, Do I need to read the big book? Do I need to work another step? Do I need to call my sponsor? Do I need to get to a meeting? Do I need to get on my knees and ask God for help? Um, It was always very, very clear to me um, that when I build my life on recovery and God, then everything else kind of falls into place.
0: So getting sober at such a young age, you literally have your entire life ahead of you. So we, drive ourselves crazy with expectations and trying to plan the future and put everything where it's supposed to be. And how did you make it through big life events, you know, life continues to happen?
1: Well, I I was I learned that alcohol is just a symptom and I'm the problem. Yes. <laughs> so I know that, very clear. So I, I try to maintain emotional sobriety all the time. Um, actually, I say uh, my third step prayer, and uh, my first sponsor said it like this, God, who is not Bridget, I offer myself to thee. So uh, I'm very clear on when it's a Bridget problem, not a drinking problem. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I never really get to the point of the drinking as a problem because yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm always looking at, okay, all right, God, I give you the seven deadly sins first thing in the morning and uh, let you run the show and you be my employer today. I'm just the CEO, right? I think I have another coffee mug. Yeah, I'm just the CEO. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right.
1: Uh, <laughs> so that that isn't really um, something that comes at me, um, but life on life's terms has. You know, I I was in a marriage that where I was focused on being a good wife and a good mother more than anything. Um, so and and it just it didn't work out. You know, we weren't in alignment. And um, we had different different views of what freedom looked like. Let's just say it that way. Mm. And uh, so during the COVID days, I, had, I moved out of my big, beautiful home, and I was on my way to getting Zoom divorced. And then I was in an apartment with my three boys, and virtual school became a thing. Gosh. And uh, so this alcoholic was like, I will be honest, during that time, I'm like, I'm at home with these three children. I don't have any source of income coming in because my job in the seniors industry disappeared, um, for the safety of our senior citizens. And so my bridge to freedom coaching was a side hustle. I had had three clients total. Wow. Uh, And I really, I was like, you know what? I can see why lots of people are drinking right now.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I, I mean, and I know a lot of us really struggled during that time. So I went into the virtual meetings Um, and I, I've been a active part of something called recovery church movement, um, for a long time. And that's a bridge ministry for us as addicts and alcoholics to experience the word of God and the 12 steps. And they have them all over the States now just came back from the fundraiser dinner in Nashville. It was amazing. Uh, And so I really took it to heart to enlarge my spiritual life all the time. Um, so I became a part of recovery church movement during that whole first marriage and they were really the community on top of the AA community and the salsa dancing community, by the way. Oh um, no that, way. <laughs> that helps me to uh to cope and to to keep moving forward. Yes, salsa dancing uh became a coping skill for me. Uh there are worse things to have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen next. It's like right. I'm just trusting. And typically yeah. the next move presents itself, right?
0: Exactly. Bridget, we have a lot of listeners who are sober curious or within the first 90 days of recovery. So I like to leave them with some tangible things, some uh, experience, strength and hope of perhaps some things they can do today to put one foot in front of the next or perhaps start their recovery journey today. Uh, What are some some things that you would offer our listeners today
1: you know i was actually i i did a talk um for people who were just getting sober and people who are still sober curious as you say and the it was interesting what came to me to share was don't trust yourself don't trust yourself yeah and so in saying that being open-minded enough to start listening to people who have done so- sobriety well in a way that's attractive to you. So don't trust yourself, don't trust your brain at all. Don't go up there alone, and and take a moment to give yourself relief. Set a two-minute timer and get a pen and paper, and write your headspace out so you can release some of that pressure. Because our headspaces is what drives us to drink, drives us crazy, et cetera. Because it's a mental illness. And even if you're not convinced of that yet, that's okay. You could still give yourself relief by writing for two minutes. I like to title mine, Dear God, you could do Dear Universe, but just give yourself some relief and gift yourself a shift and then stop trusting yourself and just go seek out someone, someone in the rooms and recovery, and just give it a try. What do you have to lose in trying sobriety? Nothing. Nothing. Only built shame, fear, right. anxiety. If you like those things, keep it. Keep going. Do right, what you're right. doing. If you, if you're ready for relief, and if you're ready to try something different, then you have nothing to lose other than the negative things that are in your life.
0: I've yet to hear anyone who regrets getting sober.
1: <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bridget, how has your recovery? routine or sort of repertoire changed since going to that first meeting when you were 20 until now? What things have you added? How it, has it evolved?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, So, well, life has changed. I mean, I have three boys, a middle schooler, two elementary schoolers. So we've got so many good things going on. You know, the gifts of recovery, the cash prizes, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in recovery. Um, what it looks like today is my husband and I actually are both in recovery. And so we uh, we go to a meeting together for date night and Love go to that. dinner. Um, so that's what it looks like today. And then I sponsor women and I also sponsor them over Zoom to make sure that I can honor all of my roles, uh, my Bridget role, my wife role, my mom role, my coach role, you know, like all of those roles are honored. And so I still find a way to infuse my life um with different ways to practice recovery because those every all the main pillars apply today i still have to read my big book i still have to have a sponsor i still have to work the steps still have to get to meetings and i still have to get on my knees and ask god to run my show
0: Hmm.
1: so i still apply all those principles to my life every day because i would like to say stay sober today you know and hopefully hit 18 years um soon so yay for that
0: when is your anniversary
1: uh november 25th november 25th the day after thanksgiving My last i was gonna
0: say was that a thanksgiving uh blowout
1: <laughs> oh my gosh you know what it's so funny because it was actually one glass of wine oh, okay it was one glass of wine which showed me how crazy i really was because it was at dinner with my boyfriend and his whole family his eight siblings and Everyone, I was counting how many drinks everyone had. Mm. Thanksgiving, you know, it's a big As celebration. We do Dad exactly. And I was so enraged, I couldn't think of an appropriate way to ask for another drink. And then they finally said, Bridget, are you okay? You haven't said anything this entire dinner. And I'm like, Oh my lord in heaven, I am crazy. I'm a mm. crazy woman. <laughs> and so it was confirmation of the mental illness, the insanity that the drinking was just a symptom. One glass of wine, last drink.
0: One glass, that's all it takes. Bridget, what are your thoughts on the online recovery space and this beautiful, inclusive social media outlet for those who are seeking recovery or those who can share their story sort of as this additional layer of support?
1: I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I actually spoke at celebrate recovery and someone found me um, through their YouTube channel to talk about uh, business and recovery. Um, and so they got on my calendar. It was crazy. So uh, and then I'm seeing so many people who are celebrating online and and then they get this overwhelming celebration from these perfect strangers all around the world saying yay, like, share, you know heart. So I I love Zoom. AA meetings as well, because, you know, as a busy mom, I love that I could just check in to a meeting whenever I can, you know, working in the Zoom world. And so it's been, uh, you know, apart from why we entered this space of, of being encouraged in the world of social media, the why doesn't really matter. The fact is it's happening and we're able to encourage more alcoholics and addicts in their sober journeys. So I think it's fantastic.
0: Couldn't agree more. So grateful to be a part of it and grateful that uh, you have agreed to sort of jump in and share not only with me, but at these different, you know, in-person events, online events. I think your, your story is unique and powerful. So very grateful today for you sharing it with us
1: thanks nate thanks for creating a space where we can do this
0: absolutely it keeps me sober too that's one thing that i i like to emphasize you know this um honored that i get to to be a part of other individuals recovery or or path to recovery but when it when you boil it down it's it's still helping me and i'm still working (laughs) Each day on my own recovery and this is a huge part of it.
1: They say that all the time. It's a selfish program. We sure have to is. help ourselves and help others. Or no it all matter goes what. away.
0: Bridget, I will link in today's show notes how to reach out if if listeners are motivated or inspired to learn more. Uh so grateful that we crossed paths and that you're now in my life. Uh Bridget Home, everyone, thank you so much, Bridget have a beautiful day
1: you too bye everyone
0: thanks so much for listening today friend hopefully you heard something that resonates with you and if we help just one person our job is done make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in today's episode and how to connect with our guests until next wednesday try your best not to drink and be good to yourself bye everyone